Welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. I'm Joe Salter, your podcast host and founder of Where Does It Come From, a social enterprise focusing on kind clothes that tell tales. In this podcast, I'll be chatting with amazing people who've dedicated themselves to making our world a better place through business, social enterprise, campaigning and much more. In this episode, I'm talking with Sarah Jordan, founder and CEO of You Underwear. After a career in digital transformation, working for organisations such as Oxfam, Sarah founded You Underwear in 2016. Sarah and the brand have been recognised many times, including on the NatWest Pioneers Post list of Wise 100 Women in Social Enterprise 2022. Hello and welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Um, here I am today talking with the wonderful Sarah Jordan from You Underwear, who has recently had a very exciting announcement to make, which she's going to tell us all about, to do with B Corps, hence the title of this piece. So first of all, I want to say welcome, Sarah, to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Tell us a bit about yourself, Sarah, and what on earth compelled you to get involved with underwear? <laughs> that is a question I ask myself on a daily basis. Uh, so, yes, my name is Sarah. I am founder CEO of You Underwear. We are what I say or how I describe us as a sustainable underwear business. Obviously, that kind of means something and nothing. Um, sustainability. But basically, we're trying to change the world uh, by encouraging people to change their underwear, change the world one pair of pants at a time. And essentially, the idea came from me discovering the challenges faced by mostly women and girls who don't have access to underwear and the impact that that has. Because you can imagine some of the health and hygiene issues, but actually it was the um, inability to go to school. So the kind of access to education that really got me because when you've got your period if you don't have any underwear as well as the protection um, to put in it then you can miss a week of your schooling every month which is 25 percent so from an early age girls are missing out basically and it obviously carries on and has a massive impact through their lives just because they don't have a pair of underwear so it was something that I discovered when I was in Uganda in 2016 and really just stuck with me and piss me off if I want I can't think of a better way of putting it because it's such a simple thing in theory so it's literally the first thing you put on in the morning has a but has a such a big impact if you don't have it so I that was kind of the initial motivating factor was that trying to trying to change something basically and then not knowing anything about underwear or manufacturing or fashion or anything else I started to look into those to kind of say if we're going to do something about it and provide underwear how do we how do we do that? Um, and then discovered two other huge problems, which is conventional cotton, as you know, is very polluting. Huge amount of insecticides, pesticides, water, all sorts of problems caused to the farmers, the communities, to people that work with the cotton all the way through its, its journey, effectively. Um, and also the fashion industry, more broadly, is really not very nice. Um, and I basically kind of put those three together joined the dots which makes it sound very simple but it was a couple of years in the, in the process and 
set up a business that was trying that was kind of trying to address all three of those challenges. So we now only use organic cotton, fully certified, fair trade and got organic cotton. We manufacture sustainably, which is basically making sure that people are paid and treated fairly um, right the way through our supply chain. And then we donate pairs of underwear for every pair that we sell. So primarily supporting a charity called Smalls for All. And we've just donated, I think, our 21,000th pair to them. Wonderful. So, so wonderful. Yeah, and I, I, I always, yeah. you and I have been on panels together lots of times, and we've known each other through the years. And I always see huge parallels between you underway and where does it come from, as well as just being at the end of the alphabet, which we both seem to always end up at. But it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just so interesting that we've both tried to take it all on, and you've tried to take it all on. So it's not just about producing a great sustainable product; it's, all, it's about um, creating good working conditions about the people and then the donating the underwear as well to solve the problem so it's so it's absolutely fantastic and I, I love the the focus on women and girls and again we've got that in parallel and we're women which helps and I agree with what you say about the pissing off thing as well because you know as a woman how many barriers there are for us generally in, and I don't want to sound like a sob story but when you think about women in yeah. the global south say or with other with other situ- things to worry about, just the day-to-day life, with the fact they can't go to school for a quarter of the time, that's just mind-boggling size barrier, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it is. It's like we've got enough to deal with. Everybody's got enough to deal with. Why does a pair of pants have to be, exactly. you know, one more thing, the kind of straw that breaks camel's back? So, yeah, we have take, we've both taken it all on. Which, yeah. Um... <laughs> without a background, without any kind of background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's better maybe we wouldn't have done it otherwise I don't know I think I mean I I genuinely think I probably wouldn't have done it if I had known Mm -hmm. but I think it also gives you you can ask the stupid questions because you just genuinely don't know and you tackle it in a different way because it's like well why can't we do this because nobody's told me otherwise and I might learn that that's why it's not done like that but I can kind of learn that for myself and work things out differently. And I think because of all the problems with fashion and cotton, et cetera, et cetera, we have to do something differently. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably true with sustainable businesses and however you define those more broadly, because what we're doing at the moment clearly isn't working. No, so we need exactly. To think differently. So yeah, <laughs> having no knowledge is it <laughs> helps. But twenty one thousand pairs or twenty one thousand girls or women who now have a pair of pants thanks to you underwear. Um and again, if you're looking at the sustainable development goals around, you know, equality, I mean, it's a fantastic achievement. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks to our customers, basically, for doing well, that. Well, I'm wearing them. I'm wearing both my bra and my, I have many pairs of pants and several bras. And I actually, um, I think I was involved in the first crowdfund that you did. But since then, I love the African print ones that you have. I yeah. They're great. And I can see we were just talking before we went live in, and behind you, anyone watching this will see that you've got the prints there looking at potentially pyjamas coming soon. Yeah, looking at new products. How can we use the same fabric, essentially the same patterns, the same organic cotton um, to widen our range and kind of increase that just so we can have more impact and sort of grow as a business as well. Pro- yeah, so work yeah. in progress. Slow and, progress. You, and you have a shop now too, don't you? We do. That is also keeping me out of trouble. Um, (laughs) We were part of a programme in Oxford called Meanwhile in Oxford, um, partnership between Makespace, an organisation and Oxford City Council, basically to fill some of the empty shops and units. So we are specifically in the covered market, which is a kind of historic indoor market in the centre of Oxford. 
Um, and they got several small businesses in just to fill some of the gaps because obviously retail has really struggled. Um, it's not hugely accessible. Oxford is very expensive. Um, and it just gave us the opportunity to kind of test it basically and see if we can do this in the real world because we've been online for the last three or four years. Um, so we've survived for four or five months um, and we're trying to negotiate for a year to see if we can wow. stay for a little bit longer. So great. But it's it's busy. It's hard work. doing both. Yeah, but that's good. that It's busy. If you were just sitting there and not selling anything, you'd think about it a different way, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. No, it goes up and down, but it's it's just amazing to kind of meet customers and, and tell them our story and explain what we're trying to do and have all these conversations, basically. Yeah, and I think well, I think that there's, a, there's also another benefit that even if they don't buy anything, if you're getting people thinking about it, the next time they go to buy a pair of pants, they might think a little bit about why it's, you know, why it's important, what it's being made of, who's making it. You know, so if we can spread the message trying to get people to ask the questions, then you're going to have a, a longer term impact than just them buying some pants. Yeah, I mean, that's actually the probably the, the bigger value of it really is just starting those conversations mm. because we've got our B Corps signs up. We've got, you know, our thing saying change the world by changing your underwear and people go, oh, how are my pants changing the world? And it just starts that conversation, as you say. Yeah. So even if they don't buy anything from us, they kind of have that awareness that, you know, something else is going on. They need to think about their purchases and their consumption, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. That's all. It's only good. You've thrown in the B word there, which I (laughs) my next question, which is great. No, that's great. So um, very, very exciting news that um, you became a B Corp, but not just any old B Corp. Is it the highest scoring B Corp in the UK and the top fashion brand in the world? That's pretty impressive. Yes. So yes. what made you decide to go for B Corp? And was it a surprise to get such a, a high score? Uh, it was definitely a very pleasant surprise. Um, <laughs> for anybody that's done it, is thinking about it, it's it's a hell of a process. Um, definitely one I would recommend, but not a quick, not a quick win. Mm-hmm. Um, really very rigorous process. So going through that was amazing actually as kind of part of our business journey it's always been something I wanted to do I think from the moment I kind of discovered what people's were kind of what the organization the movement is and read all the let my people go surfing etc books about it it was like that's what we want to do because we're a sustainable business and that's kind of the pinnacle of we want to go there um originally I didn't think we were big enough actually because we were only two people when we went through the certification process and I was just like we're just not there yet basically this is big companies Patagonia etc and we just need to kind of get a bit bigger um and it was one of the local uh, there's a B Corps group in and around Oxford um be local who encouraged me and he was like we'll just do it because if nothing else it really helps you grow um in terms of your sustainability journey and kind of giving you that framework to to build within and it will help define some of the decisions that you make and it will just be useful and interesting so it was actually um the first lockdown that kind of provided the opportunity because we couldn't do as much of everything else uh, we weren't traveling it gave us the chance to kind of step back look at the business and do all the stuff behind the scenes that you never get time to do mm. and be call was one of those so we kind of started think about thinking about it in um sort of may i suppose 2020 ish did a bit of research had a look at the b impact assessment and but didn't really do a huge amount until the september that year when i was like well we've set ourselves a goal of completing it by the end of the year we 
better get on with it. Um, and then kind of kept going through the assessment. So it's an online tool um, that you can access for free. It's available to anybody. And it is a brilliant way of just tracking your impact. And it asks you various questions. Some of those are kind of gateway things that then open up other areas. And you need to get, I think it's 200, out of 200 points, you need to get above 80 to certify. All right. And they always say, get higher than that before you submit because they will knock you back through the certification process because the next step is basically to kind of prove it almost. You answer all the questions about what you're doing and then they sort of say, well, okay, where's all the evidence? And you have to kind of document everything. So we got to, I think, 127, just over 127 um, before we completed and then finally hit submit literally the 23rd of December I think it was that year <laughs> so I was desperate to get it in before the end of the year um, and then didn't hear anything so it's a hugely popular growing um, accreditation basically and they are really oversubscribed so it took about nine or ten months before B-Lab got back in touch with us to start that certification process and then it was pretty quick um, you have fortnightly calls and as I said they go through and kind of get you to upload documentation and proof of everything that you're doing across the five business areas so it looks it is the most holistic view of your business um, it looks at things like your governance so have, are you legally set up to kind of do the, the things that you say you will do um, your reporting etc it looks at workers it looks at community it looks at environment and it looks at your customers and kind of deep dives basically into each of those to say exactly what you're doing around sustainability and then you get points and fractions of points and all the little half points and everything count um and yeah we amazingly ended up with 160.5 which wow. is the highest in the UK and I just kept refreshing because I was like I'm just <laughs> waiting for this to, to go down is this actually true um which is amazing and I think yeah, I was incredibly thrilled because it's it was, as I said, it's a really hard, tough process. And as a small business, it took us months and months to kind of do that. And a year, 18 months in total and to kind of end up like that, particularly, I think, as well as a fashion brand. There's so much greenwashing that yes. I actually have a fashion brand up at that level, I think, is great. So not just from our perspective, but to kind of say you can do this. Yeah. You don't have to do all the things that necessarily the high street fast fashion brands do. You can do something different and do it well. So I'm hoping that it kind of adds a bit of credibility to to us as a sector, I suppose, more broadly that, you you know, as we can do it with you yeah. and where does you come from. Yeah, you can do something different. No, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's obviously something I've looked into and I probably a bit like you before you did it. I, I keep thinking, oh, we're not big enough or I've got so many other things that seem more important first and I've, I've had one of my team look into it and yet we still haven't fulfilled in that initial thing yeah I mean I know we're doing all the right things I don't know what I don't know what's holding me back but maybe you getting it will spur me on to have the confidence <laughs> to do it but I, I mean it... I yeah I would say just start even if you don't and I think for anyone even if you're not going to submit it's a really valuable if you are a sustainable business in the kind of broadest whatever that means it will just help, or even if you're not, it will really help you identify things that you're doing well, areas to improve. The whole process itself is about continually improving and learning and doing better. So you have to recertify after three years, 
all the way through you have to set goals to kind of say and this, these are the areas that we're working to improve so it's not a kind of end point in its own right and the the assessment itself is brilliant at helping you to go through and say and you'll find that you're doing a lot more of it than you think you are no I think I, I think we are I think, it. yeah I think that's what it is I think we're doing um you know right from the beginning we've been conscious of impact and all of those kind of things mm-hmm. it's just I mean my next question is very much I think you've covered some of it but what are the key areas you need to report on um, when you're putting in for it and what kind of level of detail do you have to put in um so it kind of depends on what you do um one of the benefits of it as a tool is that it's kind of sector agnostic it's for everybody it's across every industry every sector and every size of business and they sort of scale the process to reflect that so there's a lot of questions that aren't necessarily relevant there's a lot that are and then you go into a lot more depth particularly as a manufacturing business which is effectively what we are we're not doing the making ourselves but we are sourcing that Um, So there's a huge amount going through your supply chain, basically, and how much visibility do you have and what do you track and monitor and the impact of that. Um, For us, obviously, we've got we scored quite highly on the community. We've got about 70 something points in community, which is all about the donations Mm -hmm. for us, really. We're doing a lot to provide underwear to other people. Um, And then it's kind of what are you doing? Who do you give them to? How many are you donating? What's the impact? What proportion is it of your business? Um, Because obviously you can do things as a percentage, you can do straight up values, but actually it's showing that this is core to your business as much as anything, rather than token numbers. I think they really want to see. So it does get very granular around um, some of your financial numbers, which are there just to give an idea of scale rather than any sort of value to it. And then the impact and the donations and kind of how much percentage you're you're doing of all of these things to to sort of give them an idea of what category you're you're in effectively Mm -hmm. Um, and environmentally as well. So how do you track what you're doing? Um, So your your footprint more broadly, whether that's your carbon footprint, your sort of net zero work, your digital footprint as well. It's kind of gives you the opportunity to get credit for everything that you're doing. Um, and I think I know the amazing work that you do as well. You will be doing a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just for us, it was kind of formalizing it, particularly as a small business. We don't have a policy around pensions because we don't have any. Yeah. Staff. You know, we kind of don't have that. But actually, we do treat staff very well. We try and support them in their learning and their development and their pay, et cetera, et cetera. So as long as you can kind of prove that and formalize it, you get the credit for and actually not having big teams in some way makes it easier because we could make the changes to some of our holiday um, yeah. policies, for example, that you just would be very difficult to do as a big international business. Whereas we can just say, OK, we'll give people whatever time off it is um, and we can just implement that. So there is an advantage in size from an agility perspective as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think in general, a smaller ethical business that has that is the case isn't it you can you learn and implement that learning pretty quickly yeah and I think supporting yeah the whole bit kind of supporting your supply chain and manufacturers to kind of improve what they're doing as well you do get a lot of credit for all the different um small things that you're doing so I think for us yeah we have a mix of social and environmental impact that we Mm -hmm. track 
Um, some of that is the donations. Some of that's how we treat staff, um, people through the supply chain. And then the environmental stuff is kind of how does using organic cotton benefit um, people and planet over conventional cotton? What else do we do around our packaging, around our transport, around recycling, around end of life? It's kind of it really is a very holistic view of it. Um, but I think if you are a business that kind of cares about this sort of stuff, it it's not easy because it's a lot of work, but it's relatively you're doing a lot of it. So I think yeah. it can... it's transparency, isn't it? I mean, we've, we're both very much into transparency, as are most of the other ethical businesses. You know, when people are do, doing it well, you know, they're being transparent because they know their supply chain. They know their impacts, that kind of thing. So being transparent, I guess, is a key part of B Corp. Yeah, it is. And I think it's that's one of the. It's one of the advantages if you're trying to do it because you can see what other businesses are doing. So everybody has to share their impact reports so you can kind of see that stuff. Um, and it also it means that there's a lot more sharing and collaboration between B Corps, which I think is one of the advantages as well. And it's also one of I think on the flip side, it's one of the challenges. And I've certainly had conversations with people saying, but I don't want to share this mm. information. And it's like, well, you have to. And if you really are doing all of this stuff, then why not? Because mm. it's not um, it's not a challenge. It's not designed to catch you out, but it's very much designed to kind of be open and share all of that stuff. So I think kind of understanding why you want to become a B Corp and how your business fits in with that vision. And if you really believe it, then you can definitely do it. But there is a lot of time, effort and um, information, I suppose, that goes into it. I think it's culture as well, isn't there? I mean, certainly, I even find this with some of our suppliers that it culturally we don't like to share a lot of the detail of things we do. Um, I suppose it's, it's, there's a defensive side of it um, culturally, and there's also the what if someone tries to copy what I'm doing, you know? And I yeah. hear that from suppliers quite often. Is if I if I tell you who I'm working with, and you know, then then why? How come you won't go around the back of me and go direct to them? Yeah. So there's an element of having to to change the culture so that if you're doing something openly and honestly, then you know that's that's the way it should be, rather than being defensive and worrying about it. And I think in business we have not we, you and I, but business itself has um, had this secrecy attached to it as Mm. how you do business, isn't it? Yeah. So I think the culture is a really good way of sort of summarising it, because I think you basically, you have to be kind of bought into that and the principles of transparency, et cetera. We don't like to share how much money we're making um, individually or as a business or anything else. And whether if it's too low, you feel bad and if it's too high you feel bad you know there's kind of it is a tough one um I think the thing about I mean we're very open about who our manufacturers are and I'm sure at some level that causes challenges but it is about saying well this you know it's kind of just opening it up really I think if people are going to go to them directly kind of fine we're trying to do something different and it's about I think it is more about collaboration and working together than I think so competition um and certainly when it gets to kind of the environmental climate challenges, we have to do this together. There is no other option. So we kind of have to open all of this stuff up and work out how we can solve things together and collectively. So, yeah, it's a it's bigger picture, isn't it? It's, it's bigger. We, we, I mean, 
if you're running an ethical business, I'm sure you'd agree, we're not in it to to, to be millionaires, are we? We, we would not do this. No. <laughs> to be billionaires we have we have different different reasons for doing it I'm reminded when you're speaking I was I was talking at an event a couple of years ago with um Cressy from Elvis oh, and yeah. Cress, um and uh, she was also on the on the speaking at the same day so I listened to her presentation before mine and somebody asked her um how do you stop people stealing your idea and going off and doing exactly the the same thing behind you know behind your back and she sort of shrugged her shoulders and said why would I stop them? You know, if people are going to copy you, that's great. You should have moved on to the next thing by the time they're doing the previous yeah. thing. You know, you've got, as a business, as an entrepreneur, you're constantly evolving what you're doing and changing it. You know, if somebody's copying what you're doing and, and trying to steal your supplies, you, you just move on from it. And I, I really like that attitude, actually. Yeah, I think it's true because you kind of it's there's something about copying is the best, highest form of flattery. Um, it's like if they think that we're doing a good job and they want to do the same thing and it's if it's about having an impact brilliant because we can't do this on our own exactly um I'm doing a business thing with Enterprise Nation on Thursday and getting people to share their business ideas and it's like everybody is worried about it and it's like anybody that's good enough to do it is busy and doing their own thing and anybody that isn't is lazy and isn't going to take it forward that's a really good point that's a really good point I think you just have to be philosophical about it and kind of go yeah somebody somewhere and there are awful examples of some fast fashion brands who are stealing stuff from small creative makers etc but on the flip side I think generally you've just got to kind of say you know what if people are going down this route then great yeah exactly well I felt the same because I mean as you know when we started up we had the code on the label and everything and nobody else was really doing that and now they're everywhere and I'm not saying for one second that people are um stealing the idea from us I think it's all all evolved in different places and you know we've all headed in the right direction in terms of transparency um but I think that's really great that's really great that we've that people are sharing the stories behind things you know it's it's a it's a really positive thing you can't you can't sort of say oh we were doing that first there's no point in that is there no, I mean, the more transparency in the sector, the better, basically. So yeah. if everybody and if it kind of forces those conversations as well, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, if, if we're all transparent, gradually people will kind of go, well, OK, these guys are yeah. these aren't what's going on there. What are they exactly. hiding and start to ask the questions. And ultimately, it's kind of customer pester power that's going to get us. Yeah. it's it's going back you were saying as well at the lean flexibility when you're a small brand we can implement these things and then people will go to a bigger brand and say well if you go you shop with um you underwear they're doing this if you shop with where does it come from they're telling the story behind what they're doing how come you're not you know how come you can't do those kind of things if they can and and we can hopefully someone gave me a big big piece of advice once or a big story which, which impacted me which was um even if we go under, obviously we don't want to go under, but if it has made customers push other brands and bigger brands to do things better, then even if we go under, you've had a positive impact. You've caused change. You know, you've been disruptive. So it's a, it's always a positive thing to to influence customer behaviour, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I used to work many years ago at Oxfam, and one of the their ultimate mission was to do themselves out of a job. <laughs> If they've ended poverty, you know, it's kind of if you've done this and you don't exist for good or bad reason, then you've done something. And it, yeah. I guess it's the same. It's like, well, if we've had that impact and are having a small making small changes and little ripples and stuff and getting people to talk about it, then 
it can only be a good thing. So exactly. yeah, but so by surviving, but so if fast fashion brands have uh, they create all of their underwear using organic cotton and they um, give a pair of pants every time someone buys one to a charity and then they share the story of everything that they create and have positive impacts on people and planet then you and I don't need to be running our brands anymore <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're all doing it so that's a great thing but we'll, we'll hope that that happens that would be great anyway back to the questions <laughs> obviously proving your impacts as we've discussed is really really key when you're running an ethical brand but Obviously, that's got a huge time overhead, which you've mentioned. So how do you make this manageable when you're focusing on growing your business in sort of day to day business? Uh, that is a very good question. And I'm not sure we have made it manageable. Um, I think the big thing is to kind of go for at the start in terms of what's your motivation? You know, what are you what's the problem you're trying to solve or what's that? thing that pisses you off or thing that motivates you and why are you doing this what are your values and then again how are you sort of working that goes towards that and then your impact follows from it um i think so it's kind of identifying the priority areas that you're focusing on so those things are all big but actually narrowing it down to what are the what's the number one thing i want to do mm-hmm. because in the space in the sustainability space you can kind of tackle anything and everything and it's all huge and the more you unpick the more is there is to do and the more overwhelming inspiring daunting kind of everything it is so I think it's kind of starting small and making small steps that are going to make some changes so really thinking about what does this mean for you as a business and what are you going to sort of tackle first and picking that one small thing because every little does help I think also it's it's a journey which sounds cheesy but it and the cliche but it really is and for us we've always been very much we're here this is where we want to go and kind of be core was one of those things it's going to take us a while and we're going to make some steps and we're going to go backwards at points but being very transparent with customers about what we want to do where we are succeeding where we are failing where we're going quicker and or more slowly and just doing it gradually and not trying to kind of tackle everything I find that really hard so when I say how you make it manageable I don't think we are necessarily making it manageable because I think we're probably at times biting off more than we can chew Mm. but I think if we don't aim big you kind of almost don't get anywhere so I sort of I struggle with that dynamic on a fairly regular basis Mm. but for me it's kind of having those big goals and then working backwards so we, when I started, I set the intention of 23,000 pairs of underwear donated by 2023, which was partly completely made up number and partly was kind of based on, OK, let's if we grow like this, then we might get there. We might get there. We might get there. And we will end up being there, which is amazing. But it's we had to have some sort of target. And then I think it's doing the same thing and having a big goal, but individually on a day to day basis, having small things that kind of take you there. Mm. So and it means our values mean that we will grow more slowly. We will have less profit, um, less margins, less kind of growth in that traditional sense than other businesses. I could do this much more quickly and much more cheaply. But that's not about that's not the motivation behind it. As you said, we're not doing this to kind of make money. We're doing it to have an impact. And therefore that define that informs all of your decisions. Um, there's always going to be compromises and there's always going to be a lot of stuff that you want to do better and you want to do that you can't do now. 
but I think if you go back to kind of the what you're trying to achieve then you do try and make those steps and it is very much about just continually learning improving and recognizing that some of that's going to come at a cost um not just financially to get you there but it's the right thing to do yeah and I think there's also there's a I think there's a benefit to having um big goals so long as you don't if you don't quite meet the big goal you set yourself feeling that you failed it's actually it's actually that regularly looking back and saying what have we actually achieved yeah definitely and I think also when you say that it's kind of the big goals but also celebrating the small wins because this Mm. is hard (laughs) well I mean I I see I see what you do you know I see obviously the B Corps one is you know I'm whooping around the place when I see that one but even things like setting up your shop you know I mean um getting a new member on the team you know things like that we we know as a small business that those kind of things are are massive aren't they yeah yeah they are and I think um you do need to give yourself credit for those and take the time to kind of recognize them so the big goals are there and brilliant and whether you hit them or not recognizing how far you've come so even I mean with our shop it's it's really hard but every now and again it's kind of just stand there and go we've got a shop we've got yeah. a proper <laughs> well, I'm well impressed <laughs> like I'll tell you. and it's amazing and we have customers and they are you know giving us amazing feedback and that sort of stuff and just recognizing what you are doing even if you're constantly pushing yourself and I think that's partly my personality is I'm always like yeah but I want to do this I want to do more oh, I'm the same I think but I'm recognizing the taking the time to step back and go actually we are doing quite well and I think because it's been sort of three or four years I feel like we should well no I feel like we should be bigger and financially more viable yeah but that's but um, also we've only been going for three or four years you know so it's kind of you need to recognize your own sort of challenges I suppose yeah but there's, there's one there's one thing that I was told um off for and I am severely often told off for using the word should we should be here we should be there we should be doing this the word should doesn't mean anything at all we are here we are doing this we, you know it's, it's that yeah. sense of should immediately makes you feel negative because you think that you're not achieving whereas in fact you are achieving you know and when I when I when something gets me down so for example we had something earlier this year with a, a customer the product that they ordered which was quite a lot of that particular product it was um uh, a tote bag when it arrived it wasn't what they wanted you know and there was there was issues that we all had to learn from but I was completely beating myself up about it and getting really upset about it and I think it was my husband said to me but yes even though it's the wrong even if something was wrong and we ended up um giving back you know a a fair proportion of what they paid we had although financially we made a loss on that particular production which is has never happened before and it was very upsetting um we had still paid the cooperatives and the social enterprise to make the the product so actually we still had the positive impact further down the supply chain so it's it's because it's different the way we do things the things that you and I are trying to do is not around the money I'm not saying I want to lose money what I'm saying is you're still mm-hmm. having that positive impact because what you're trying to do is different. Yeah, I think you're right. Sense. And I think if you compare, I think the challenge is, and certainly in like sustainability, zero waste, there's so much kind of perfection that actually we're doing so much more than most people mm-hmm. and most brands and everything else. And just giving yourself credit for it because it's just, we've had huge issues and challenges over the years. And it's like, well, actually, we're benefiting people. And that is ultimately what 
we're trying to do. And it may be one person, it may be 10 people, it may be a thousand people, but actually one life changed is still a very positive thing that many people don't necessarily. So I think you're right. It's kind of, you need to reframe it every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can be depressing. Oh no, I had to pay this customer back, you know, however much money, but we still had to pay out for the social enterprise who made the item, even though the item wasn't quite what we was, it was meant to be, but those people were still paid for that job, you know, and everything was done really, really well. But it's uh, yeah, like you say, it's just reframing and thinking, well, I suppose after every, every, project it's looking at the positives rather than kicking yourself about the things that don't always go right but um yeah it's a hard hard one because i think it also if you're doing this that's not how your brain works no that's true (laughs) i focus much more i mean i credit i see everybody else and i was like that's amazing yeah and then look at mine and kind of like yeah but we're not doing this and we're doing that and i had a bit of a meltdown a couple weeks ago where i'm doing a bit more so i've gone back to not working on this full-time because I need to pay my bills and at the moment the business isn't in a position to pay me or at least we can put much more into it and have a bigger impact and kind of if I'm paying myself from something else and I felt like I was going backwards because it's like I was working on it full-time and now I'm not and you just have to kind of talk to people who go yeah but that's because you're growing the team and that's because you've got a shop and that's because you're a big you know your kind of things are moving forwards that's your perception of what you should be doing mm. and as you say take the should out of it and it's like well actually that means that we can move that much further forwards because we can you know it, well, it's a, it's a decision. Yeah. It yeah you're making a decision I mean my accountant said to me right from the word go you should be paying yourself a salary and getting and the business can create debt and then you can claim against that debt and I said like, I don't want to do it that way I don't want to do it where that's not how I want to do it you know I'd much rather do it in a way that makes sense to me which is growing and then when the money's coming in you can start sharing it out again you know so it's just it's yeah, just doing I'm things <laughs> yeah I don't, don't want to play silly games with it so yeah I'm actually the same as you I'm I'm not working um full well it feels like I'm working full-time on it but I'm also working on other things too for I was say, yeah, practical reasons <laughs> and just... also mental health reasons too yeah no I think all those things are important and kind of surrounding yourself with I mean, even conversations like this, it's, it's a bit like therapy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> I look forward. I love my, my podcast sessions. I look forward to it because it's like it helps, helps you sort of not go a bit mad sometimes. Well, you also, but, you sort of look from the outside, you know, you see somebody in a business and it's like, I think what you're doing is amazing. And this, but there's a reality behind, you know, and it's just yeah, nice to kind of understand yeah. and, and go, actually, there are challenges and we're all day-to-day kind of make doing amazing stuff and also making really tough decisions and kind of struggling with things and actually I guess guess there's a we're running you know we're all running but people like us and we know plenty of people who have think in similar ways than us you you're always um hugely supportive and there's also uh, an element of it helps as part of a network I know when you got your b corp thing I was so so excited and proud for you and then there's a nagging voice in my head saying right you've got to do it now why haven't you done that yeah, yeah I know yeah. The part of me is like well you've thought about it but you haven't got around to it and that's that's absolutely fine but so so it's a hell I think it's a healthy way of and then I and I'm thinking well I don't have to be scared I can just talk to Sarah about it you know because I know someone who who is doing it so that's the advantage of being part of a network and knowing that other people are driven in a similar way yeah. you know yeah I think um I mean, the groups that we are part of and have been part of over the years are definitely, and I think that's one of the advantages of kind of working in this space is that people are 
more helpful and collaborative and supportive than competitive basically yeah, i agree so like, okay how can we support each other because we're all ultimately trying to achieve the same thing which is be a force for good in yeah. some way in some area um and as you say if i can save people time stress by sharing our b course because i went through all of that if i can make it easier for somebody brilliant because it might be the right thing it might not be the right thing but at least you can um sort of share a bit more about it to help people so yeah. well, you can't dilute doing good can you i mean that's the thing which we're trying to if you mm. get b corp and then five other people get b corp as well that isn't making your b corp less that's making there be more b corp to do more good yeah yeah <laughs> so that's the thing when you when you're i suppose when you're purely competing financially with people you'll you'll be afraid you'll lose some of your money to them but when your impact is about as you say changing the world the more we can do that the better yeah i think it's a really interesting one actually because it is yeah somebody asked me and i didn't really um they were kind of like well what happens if everybody becomes a beacon and it's like well i'm not doing it for competitive advantage i'm <laughs> doing it because it's the right it, that would be brilliant and then we wouldn't need to be talking about half this stuff because everybody would be thinking about their social footprint and their environmental stuff and you know it's like that's the point yes actually if you think of it as you know we're just trying to compete then you've kind of missed the point really it's like we're not doing it for that reason if everybody else is great yes exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly well, it's, it's like it's, it's without getting well deep man it's that whole um the the model you know the, the the economic model that we're working in now that's driving most businesses is just completely broken you know make more of stuff sell as much as you can you know yeah. that kind of thing and it is all about trying to compete trying to sell more and yes we need to sell items but that's really or purely really so that we can make the impact that we're trying to make so that's why we're trying to do things um, not to make the money but the economic model which is totally rubbish yeah. is driving people in a different way so they don't see it they, they see it in terms of competition but actually it isn't like that but no. um, I'm preaching to the converted here I hope people listening <laughs> understand <laughs> what I'm talking about but anyway um, last question uh, yep. and then I'll let you get on with your evening what advice would you give to other small ethical brands obviously like where does it come from that are considering going for b corp certification what what would you say to us i would say well my initial response would be 100 do it but i want to caveat that with not because you feel you should okay that's <laughs> really our conversation because i think actually there's that there's a bit of pressure which i hadn't necessarily been conscious of until our conversation in terms of you know there's a well well they've done it we should do it mm. and I wasn't aware I wasn't I hadn't thought about that so that's kind of a little bit of a reflection from my side is like actually it isn't a default for everyone it's not necessarily the right thing to do however I think it's quite good but what I would say is use the tool more than anything because you don't necessarily need to certify there's obviously pros and cons of doing that um but the tool itself, the B Impact Assessment on their website is brilliant to help you improve what you're doing as a business. So there's value in that anyway. I think if you're in this space thinking about going back to the earlier kind of points about why you're doing it, it's not for competitive advantage. It is because the movement is kind of the direction that we should be going in. And therefore, it's something you want to be part of. Um, there's the Better Business Act that businesses can sign up to which is kind of a step towards that in terms of 
trying to change company legislation to reflect social and environmental measures as well as financial in reporting. Um, so there's kind of intermediate steps. Otherwise, I would say, if you're going to do it, recognize it's a lot of time commitment. Properly put the time and effort in, make notes, save everything, because partly because of how long it takes, you'll come back, you sort of do the first questions, and then you'll come back through this um, verification process a year, 18 months later and go, what the hell was that? And even if you know your, you know your business inside out, but you still, you answer these things and just being really thorough will save you time in the long run, making notes, especially on the calculations, because you have to do some calculations all the way through it. If you just put the number in, like, unless your accounting and spreadsheet stuff is better than mine, you'll wonder where you got that from. Um, so I think kind of being really thorough in that sense can, is brilliant. And then using what other B Corps are doing. So there's brilliant tips in the tool itself. Everybody is transparent. Ask them, ask me. I'm very happy to kind of share, share all our policies, everything that we wrote to kind of go through it. Connect with local groups. So there are B local, there's B leaders. Um, and yeah, and otherwise kind of just go for it really as part of that sustainability journey. But recognize that that is only the starting point. So certifying is brilliant but it's a long-term commitment and you will want to carry on and you will kind of set goals and stuff in the meantime. So it's, it's definitely a big step, but I think a, a positive one. That's fantastic advice, Sarah. It really is. I mean, and actually thinking about it, if you're listening to this and you're running a business or thinking of running a business and maybe, you know, sustainability isn't your core thing. Maybe you've got a business, big, a sort of different business goals but actually you could use these tools to help you make your business more sustainable you know even if it's not the core of that business so there's if those tools that tool is there that's going to to help everybody isn't it to get to get more sustainable. yeah exactly and I think you don't have to go back to the thing about you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be the best most sustainable business in the world everybody doing something is really important and even um, companies that are kind of never going to do this there are still opportunities as part of this whole piece you know the, the assessment and everything else to kind of improve what you're doing and just thinking about the people that are impacted by what you do the environment your local environment the planet more broadly how that is impacted and if you can make some small changes particularly as a big business you are going to have a huge impact yeah. because their footprint is so much bigger than ours and if they change 10% of their packaging you know you really will start to change things and that then makes it more accessible for everybody it brings the price down which is one of the challenges with all of this um and it starts customers and everybody else kind of asking and answering the questions so I think yeah whether you're going to go the whole way or not doing something is definitely um, oh, I love that. I love that yeah. definitely love. I mean for me the, the B Corp the attraction for B Corp for me always since I became aware of it you know several years ago was the fact that it's environment and social which obviously is a key for you and key for us as well so we've sort of struggled not struggled we've worked you know we've wiggled around really with fair trade and organic and all of those kind of things it's really nice to have something that looks at those areas but also more than that looking at your staff yeah. and your governance and all that so it's the holistic side of it that yeah. is attractive to me because it means you've got one thing you know but as you say using the tool you can just focus on different areas and I absolutely love the idea of using the tool as a tool and not as a means to an end 
yeah that's really really good advice for people so not not to be afraid because I suppose there is an element of as you say it's a huge step but if if you're just seeing it as a way of I think I'll improve my business and I'll start through this process and see where it leads me that's not quite so daunting is it well it will give you ideas for things to do and it will give you ideas of stuff you know stuff to think about that you never considered so I think like you we've had we've got fair trade we've got gots we've got kind of um not smaller but more specific certifications and things that we focus on um and that are important but this is the one holistic thing and I think that's what's nice about it is again whether you certify and submit or not you will kind of map out everything that you're doing so you can pick your packaging you can pick your banking you can pick your energy we've talked on you know as part of the, some of the ethical hour conversations about your digital footprint mm. and digital sustainability you know it gives you those things that you probably haven't really thought about and you can make again some big impacts in those areas without having to holistically or completely you know overhaul everything that you're doing but gradually um you can make some significant changes so yeah. I think it is very much and you you can do things across because it is as you say it maps everything so you really can look um at everything that you're doing and even if you've only got a couple of people that work with you part-time you can make their working lives with you and experience with you better and yeah. you can still you know start to pay the living wage that will then kind of encourage everybody else that they're working with to also do it it puts the pressure on more broadly and um yeah. I mean, we've done we probably upset people in in the market in oxford because we've got our living wage sign up and I know when other people are recruiting, they've had to do the same thing. And it's like, well, that's a good thing. That is a really good thing. Oh, well done. That's a really yes, good thing. pressure, but it also, it's like, well, that's just increasing everybody's. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, so. it's raising the bar, as they say in the horrible management, management speak. But yeah, no, absolutely. And I think for me as well, we're both involved in supply chain businesses, but, but it, no, helping you know what questions to ask suppliers. So yeah. are you using renewable energy? What are your working standards out your, you know, those kind of questions, because you're, you're asking them within your own business. It means that you can ask them of other businesses and, and then they, that steps them up as well because they have to answer those questions. So no, anyway, that's yeah. uh, carry on. Sorry. I no, 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 sorry. I was thinking, I was just thinking specifically about some of the jargon as well, because, if you say to someone, you know, it gives you the terminology, it gives you the words to use and the questions to ask, because as you say, you know, are you sustainable? They go, yeah. <laughs> Do you care about people and the planet? Yeah. But you can actually say, OK, what are you doing? What's your policy on this? What is your modern slavery? view? You know, kind of what are you doing about it? And it yeah. then, again, is just going to have that much bigger an impact, basically, because it will actually be tangible and something they will do. Yes, exactly. Once they've said they're doing it, most in most cases, they either are or will sort out to make sure they are yeah no that's great thank you Sarah that's really brilliant advice um just to sum up I love that use the tool um even if you're not going to go for the certification um and anybody can use the tool and and do it and um and 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 make yourself a b corp or don't but just make your business better that's kind of the the answer so congratulations hugely again for becoming a b corp and the highest scoring b corp in the uk and the top um scoring fashion brand in the world so um congratulations on that and thank you so much for talking to me today on the where does it come from podcast you're very welcome thank you very much thank you for listening to the where does it come from podcast You can find out more about the work we do creating planet-friendly, fair trade textiles and clothing that comes with its story on our website at where does it come from 
www.cooperativeproject.co.uk.